guys. You're listening to Mama Knows Podcast with your host, Nina Cavajola, aka Balconina. Join in weekly as she walks alongside you to navigate topics around motherhood, mental health, self-love, and relationships. The good, bad, and funny. It is January 2024. Everyone says, this is going to be my best year ever, but is it going to be your best year ever? Because we all set goals and visions and we have a word of the year. We write out our affirmations and the things that we want to do to be better in the new year. How many people actually follow through though? That's my question. I think that the biggest reason we don't follow through with some of our goals and visions and manifestations we have for ourselves is the lack of confidence, especially women. A lot of moms actually lack confidence. And I don't have an exact number, but I can tell you from my own personal experience on social media, I am asked almost every single day, multiple times a day, how are you so confident? How can I build my confidence? Well, this is for you, my babes. I'm doing a whole series this entire month on confidence, building confidence in motherhood, building confidence as a woman in all aspects of your life. And I'm super excited because this is going to be a quick, easy to the point, easy to listen, easy to take notes series. We're starting off today with our very first guest, Alyssa Boyer of Life with Alyssa. She's a HSP, also known as Highly Sensitive Person Mentor. If you guys haven't listened to my Highly Sensitive Person episode, I will link it below, but I am a highly sensitive person. Alyssa's here to talk to us about what that even means and how we can build our confidence as highly sensitive people. This is such an important episode to start with because first we need to identify ourselves as what are we, who are we, and then what do we want to be? How do we become that? And girl, we want to be confident because when we're confident, things come a lot easier in life. Hi, Alyssa. Thank you so much for joining me today. You are officially kicking off the confidence series for the listeners of Mama Knows Podcast, and I'm so excited. I have a huge following of women and moms on socials that are like, how are you so confident? How do I gain confidence in this season of life? And truth be told, I'm not always confident. I'm actually a highly sensitive person, which is why I brought you here today. And you know, like, and you preach this on your socials, which I love is how, how much work it takes to be confident as someone who is HSP. And before we dive in, people are like, what the hell is HSP? Before we dive in, tell us a little bit about who you are. And then I would love to hear about your story in HSP. Like why, why did you get into that? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. And I love that I'm specifically part of the like confidence series because that has just been such a huge part of my journey. So my name is Alyssa Boyer. I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. I've been doing this for almost five years now. And I got into this line of work because I struggled a lot with being a highly sensitive person. So like many HSPs, highly sensitive people, I heard my entire life that I was so sensitive, that I was so emotional. I had just like big emotions all the time. I I was very particular about certain things like fabrics or like foods and lighting, like just all these things that didn't seem to bother others. And 
for most of my life, I felt like this was a problem. Like I felt like me being sensitive just caused issues and was not something, you know, that's a good thing at all. Right. And I, this impacted me then through teenage years, adulthood, where I just felt this low self-confidence. I didn't really feel good about myself. I felt like I was too quiet that I just like didn't fully fit in. Like I knew the things to, to do to fit in, but inside I felt so different, just had this like depth to me. And I felt like no one else really understood me, but my journey with really getting into helping highly sensitive people and all of that came from me hitting honestly like a rock bottom. So Uh, After I graduated from college, I got an internship position in Southern California. I I worked for PacSun at the corporate office. And if I like, basically, it was just like a big deal because the internship was for 10 weeks. And if I did well and they liked me, then I had a chance of being hired full time and I would be able to live in Southern California. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. So I worked really, really hard, ended up getting hired. And the environment in this company ended up being starting to get really tumultuous. It was just like a really intense time. And I was not able to keep up with the other workers. Like I I was a great employee, but I would just push myself so hard to the point of burnout. I was waking up literally at four in the morning to complete projects. I was staying late. I was like getting a stomach ache on my way to work because I was just so stressed all of the time. Mm -hmm. I ended up developing severe digestive issues over the years. Um, I had something called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I had leaky gut and I started seeing all of these different gastroenterologists. No one could help me. Eventually, I I went to see um, a holistic doctor, functional medicine doctor who told me a huge reason you're having stomach problems is because you're chronically stressed because you are burning yourself out. You're working too hard and you have all of this past trauma, this emotional stress living in your body that's making you really sick. And so I started working with him, um, started really uncovering these things that I was holding on to, all of this trauma. And I started getting really into self-help, which then led me to discovering the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, where I then discovered that being a highly sensitive person is actually a thing. And it was a huge reason why I was not able to work as hard as the other people. And, you know, work these long, crazy hours and keep up. Like my body as a sensitive person literally could not keep up. And so I got sick. And so it was through that, through working with him, healing my gut, I started getting into spirituality, learning about, you know, what it means to be a highly sensitive person. And it was honestly like a slow process of like, I just became passionate about sharing what I was learning and it organically grew into something over the years to where I eventually quit my job and I do this full time, but it was like, just such a divine path. You know, it was like, I, I got so sick and I had to, so I could learn this about myself. I love your story. I don't know how much you know about my story, but it almost sounds identical. I literally had in March will be a year since I've healed my gut. I had SIBO. Um, I had H pylori. Gosh, I saw a natural or naturopathic dietitian and it's so crazy I actually talk about it a lot in a couple of my episodes but Mm. that's so crazy how taking your overall wellness and then making something out of yourself with that it just speaks volumes and I think it's amazing like you do this full-time that's badass (laughs) like you you literally took something that was a big flaw for you and now you're like changing lives I think that's incredible 
Thank you. Yeah. And that's crazy. You had that experience and you know, it's so wild that I've now learned in working with HSPs is like a majority of highly sensitive people have, or have, have had, or currently have like a chronic illness, a lot of digestive issues. So Mm -hmm. many, every time I pull my audience, they're like 80% of the people are like, I used to have digestive issues or I currently do. So it's like, there's a huge like connection there as well, which is, is wild. Well, like 80% of our serotonin is in our gut and that's how we're happy. So (laughs) if you're unhappy, (laughs) you probably have an unhealthy gut. So it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to hear more about what does highly sensitive person mean? And when I hear you talk about your past with it, you mentioned like sensitive to fabrics and noises. And I personally have... Um, ADHD as well. And I'm very sensitive to overstimulating things. Um, And I have a lot of other qualities of HSP, but how do you, how do you tell someone they can differentiate between HSP, ADHD, autistic? I mean, I feel like they all kind of intertwine a little bit with some of the characteristics. So how do you differentiate HSP from the other things? And then what does it even mean to be HSP? Yeah, good question. So being a highly sensitive person is it's a trait. So I often will compare it to being like an introvert or an extrovert. Like it's a trait that you are born with and you can, and it's not something that you need to be like formally diagnosed with at all. Like it's something you can literally go online. There's a website called hsperson.com and you can take a self test and you can get your sensitivity score. So it's out of 27 questions. So basically it'll ask you questions about like, if you're sensitive to noises and light, um, emotion, if you're very emotionally sensitive, like if you're moved to tears sometimes by like listening to a certain song or, you know, watching a movie, whatever. So it's like kind of scoring your, your level of sensitivity. Cause there's really a range and people who are highly sensitive are, have nervous systems that are more finely tuned and more sensitive. So that's why a lot of people who are who are HSPs will get overwhelmed more easily. Like, let's say that, you know, your husband's like, oh, we have, we have to leave in five minutes and you had no, you you know, you didn't get a heads up. And so you're very overwhelmed. It's because our nervous systems are become dysregulated more easily because they're just more sensitive. And so that's like a hallmark trait of being highly sensitive. And then we also are much more empathetic than non HSPs. Um, They've done brain scans on, on the, brains of highly sensitive people. And they've found that there's more active mirror neurons firing in the brain, which are responsible for empathy. So a lot of HSPs will be that like overly uh, responsible, like very caring person. Like it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes we can like overuse that empathy Mm -hmm. if we're not careful. Right. Um, But in terms of like the overlap with ADHD, autism, it's such a gray area. It can be honestly, like the thing I always tell people is like, you for if you're curious if you might have ADHD or autism, the best thing you can do is go seek medical a medical um, professional and you know get an assessment and see from there. Because something I've found, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of HSPs are neuro- neurodivergent. It's something I'm hearing more and more come up, especially in women. Is like they first find out they're highly sensitive, and then it turns out, oh wait, I actually have ADHD as well. Um, a small handful of them you know, may also find out that they're on the autism spectrum, but it's not like a one size fits all. There's some people who are just highly sensitive and that's, that's it. And there's other people who have kind of the whole 
um, range of things. So it's not like, it's a very gray thing, you know? So that's yeah. always my response is like, just go see uh, medical advice. But in terms of like learning, you're highly sensitive. Like if you take that self-test, you can kind of self-identify like, oh yeah, this, this sounds like me. Yeah. I actually had a podcast guest that is also an HSP mentor talk about all things HSP. And that's literally how I found out. And I, mm -hmm. I figured it out based on her posts and she specifically speaks to HSP and motherhood. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds like me. <laughs> that's how I found <laughs> out. So I definitely self-diagnosed over here, but I also heard or read somewhere and I can't source it. So I'm sorry, take it with a grain of salt, but that people, women or people with ADHD and and or autism are more likely to be HSP, mm, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. Cause I, I don't know enough, like I'm not an expert in like autism or ADHD, but yeah. I would think just like the different wiring of our brains and making can make you be more sensitive to different mm -hmm. environments and stimuli and things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, so you listed off a few HSP characteristics. One that I stood out to me, and I don't know if you have this characteristic is as an HSP, I hyper fixate. And I don't know if this is like my ADHD too, but I hyper fixate and have to like become an expert in an area. Mm. Like I get like obsessed with like researching and I don't, I don't know if you have that too. I get really excited and really passionate about things for sure. Like when I discovered like all the gut issues, I was like, oh my gosh. And I totally your personality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It became my personality. And honestly, I started blogging because I was like, I'm going to annoy everyone in my life because I just mm -hmm. want to talk about this. So I should probably just like yeah. start a blog. <laughs> so that was like the thing. So yes, I can relate. Yeah, definitely. And today I specifically want to talk about building confidence in friendships and relationships as a highly sensitive person and a busy mom. So that's that's a lot of words. But mm -hmm. I want to focus on how can we build confidence in our relationships because we already lack in the relationship area as busy moms. And how can we help our confidence in that area? Um, so I've seen you post a lot about social situations and how sensitive people feel during before, during and after social situations. And this is something that I specifically went through myself and I saw you post about it. And I think it's a common thing because I polled my audience and they were like, yes, I feel the same. Oh, quick, quick question before. <laughs> Do you have a percentage of like how how likely is that someone is HSP? Do you have data? Because I love data. I'm a nerd. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I think the latest data for how many um, HSPs there are, I believe it's around 20%. They used to say 15 to 20% of people. Lately, I've heard 20 to 30%, but I can't say for sure. So I would say about 20% to, stay, to be safe. In any case, the minority of people are HSPs. It's not super common. That's interesting. See, like as someone who is highly sensitive, I feel like there's way more people like me out there, but... Well, yeah. And the thing that can be hard too, is like a lot of us were told not to be sensitive. So there's people out there who are probably very sensitive, but you would never know it. <laughs> so yeah, it's, hide it well. know, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're a busy mom. We're going into a social situation. We don't really get to go out much. We don't get to do much socially. I immediately start having anxiety about like, how should I act? Like, am I too much? I'm too much. They're going to like 
judge me. They're going to question what I'm saying. I'm insecure before, during, eh, it's okay. But then afterwards, I'm starting to wonder, like, did I say something? Did I piss them off? Her demeanor felt like it wasn't as friendly as mine. I don't know if there's a name for this name for this feeling, but I know you've talked about it. What the hell is this feeling? Why do we have it? And then most importantly, what can we do to like limit that big insecurity when we're going into social situations? So it's so common. And obviously I can speak to it so directly because I've, I've experienced it. And it's something I see in my clients like constantly. So first and foremost, like my advice is always, we got to work on accepting ourselves first, because the reason we're going into these situations and we're like super worried about, oh, are they going to think I'm too much? Oh, are they going to judge me? Oh, am I going to say the right things? Am I going to wear the right things? The reason we're so fixated on that is because we're feeling insecure and like the way that we are currently is not enough. And so we're really seeking that external validation, that approval in order to feel like, oh, okay, I'm safe. I'm good. And the double-edged sword with being highly sensitive is like, we are more able to pick up on those subtle shifts. So you can notice when somebody's tone change or changes or like when they're looking around the room, when you're talking, it's really kind of like hypervigilance, honestly, that we're able to like pick up on those things, like to a degree that it's actually giving us anxiety. So what I always work on with people and in myself is like learning to accept yourself. And when I say self-acceptance, like I mean, quirks and all like the, the things about you that you think are imperfect, that you think are weird or awkward. Like it's learning to embrace that and be able to laugh at that. And this is not just something like we just slap on an affirmation. We're like, okay, now I accept myself. I mean, there's a lot of deep work that we have to do. So it's really important for us to look kind of back at our experience in the past as children. Like, what did we hear about being a highly sensitive person? Because there's a ton of shame that HSPs tend to carry around who they are as a person. Like the majority of us heard like, oh my gosh, you're too much. You're too dramatic. Why can't you just be more easygoing like your brother? Like, you know, it's like we heard those things. And so then as children, when we feel not accepted, when we feel like we are too much as we are, then we start to self-abandon because it's a, a protection mechanism. We need to feel accepted by our caretakers. We need to feel loved. And so we learn a lot of times like, okay, I'm just not going to have needs. Okay. I'm not going to say things this way. I'm not going to share, or, you know, we go off, we go the other direction and we just throw, you know, even bigger fits in order to get the attention that we crave. That was kind of the role that I did where it was just like, I was like, okay, you think I'm too much? I'm going to be even more. So <laughs> we have to kind of look at those things to understand what did we even learn about ourselves? What did we learn to be true? Um, and from there, then it's like, okay, working through that, releasing those old stories, um, understanding how it impacted you throughout your life. You know, like I had a string of toxic, unhealthy relationships when I was a teenager because I felt inside that I wasn't good enough, that I this is what I deserved. Um, I had friendships that weren't reciprocal, where I was giving way more than they were. So all of this impacts us then as adults, busy moms who are just like wanting to meet up with, with friends. It's like, we have all of this baggage that we're carrying. And so my, yeah, my advice is like, okay, we need to learn to accept ourselves. And so some, what that can literally look like is like, let's say you have an interaction where, you know, you tried to shake someone's hand and they tried to like give you a high five and it was like super awkward. So it's like, if you are the person who feels really insecure about yourself, you might go home and like replay that 
a million times in your head and be like, why did I do that? That was so weird. But when you accept yourself, you can be like, that was a quirky moment. Like, I love myself anyway. Like sometimes I do things that are like dorky and it's okay. Like I don't have to be perfect in order to be acceptable and lovable. Um, so that's one major piece of it, but it's, it's not like a, just an easy thing to do, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's the self-work. I think you really hit the nail on the head with the inner child work is what I would call the Mm -hmm. think back on your childhood. And I think a lot of therapists and mentors and coaches work with people on this stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do. It sounds like you probably do with Mm -hmm. your clients thinking back on where in your life in a moment, did you feel like you should be ashamed of who you are? And because of the situation, because the situations we're ashamed of now specifically stem from something that probably happened in our life. And I, I specifically remember being always told you're too loud, you're too bossy, you're, you're too much, you know? So now as an adult, I question my social interactions as like, was I too much? Was I too loud? And, and I've, I've come to a really healthy place with myself as far as that goes, but I still have moments where after social interactions, especially if it's people that don't really know me, mm-hmm. I come home and I'm like, shit, that like, did I say something that I do something that they're judging me for? And that kind of leads me into my next question as a sensitive person with sensitive thoughts. How do you not dwell on a situation? So for example, I had a friend who was short with me via text messaging and it was very short, uh, not typical interaction between the two of us. And I created an entire storyline in my head around this. Like Mm -hmm. I did this, this, and this, and she felt this, this, and this, and now she doesn't like me. She doesn't want to be a friend anymore. She's just being nice. And then when I approached her about it, I asked like, Hey, are we good? Like what's going on? She said, no, we're good. Like everything's good. I'm just really busy. I didn't believe her which is the problem, right? Like I can't just believe someone when they tell me that everything's okay. I didn't believe her. I just continued to create a scenario in my head around it. And it just spiraled. Like I dwell, I spent so many days and hours and time dwelling on this, creating myself into this like horrible person. And I did something and um, it took a lot of work on my end and journaling and like thinking and like talking through things, finally getting to a point where. I'm good now, but it took so much of my life away from me. How do you, what do you tell your clients? Like, how do you tell the women, specifically speaking to women, how do you tell them like, or teach them to move past a sensitive thought and just believe what they're told? Yeah, it's so, so hard. Like, I think that's one of the most challenging things. And something that I learned that was really supportive for me is that we're not responsible for another person's experience and energy and emotions. And that doesn't mean like, oh, go be a jerk to people and like they can deal with the repercussions. Like rather what I mean by that is like, if you, let's say you have to turn your friend down for dinner, like you have to cancel last minute or something like that. And because you're sick, like you're literally like, I don't feel well. And you know that she's disappointed. Like 
it, you can of course have empathy and be like, man, I'm so bummed that I disappointed her, but you don't have to like berate yourself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a piece of crap. I'm the worst person ever. And now she's not going to want to be my friend. Like giving other adults the opportunity to have their own experience. So like in the situation with your friend, it's like, okay, you know, she shared like, no, it's all good. We're good. I'm not mad at you. And it's like, kind of like deciding, okay, she's going to have her own experience and I'm going to let that be okay. But a lot of times we struggle to let that be okay because we have people pleasing tendencies. We can't feel safe unless we know everyone else is good. And someone had once told me that people pleasing is selfish. And I remember being like, so taken aback. I'm like, what do you mean? Cause I was such a people pleaser. And he was like, it's more about your feelings rather than theirs. So it's like, we're wanting them to say, no, it's okay. Like I promise. And like, give us the response that we want so that we feel okay. So the goal is for us to be okay within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's where it kind of just goes back to that. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is having techniques to regulate yourself because when we feel unsafe and you know someone that we love and care about potentially being upset with us is upsetting to our nervous system it can be overwhelming it feels unsafe so having ways to regulate your nervous system is like my go to because when your body can kind of return to that state of calm it makes it easier for your mind to slow down and not go into like oh my gosh worst case scenario so i'm a big fan i love eft tapping emotional freedom technique like that's something that I'll do if, you know, there's so many free videos on YouTube, I'll literally go like EFT for anxiety or for rejection or whatever specifically I'm dealing with. And I'll just like do a 10 minute video and it really helps to calm myself. Another thing that I, I do is I repeat this mantra to myself. It's I assume the best until I know otherwise, because we can go into all of these like scenarios and ruminate and ruminate and ruminate. And it's like, eventually we're like really not actually getting anywhere with these thoughts. Like it's not productive. It's not helping us. It's probably giving us a stomach ache and making our chest tight with anxiety. So it's like, I assume the best until I know otherwise. And anytime the worry pops in, repeating that to myself, it's a mantra I've used a lot in my life. You know, and the last thing I actually will add to is just managing the discomfort. That's a huge thing that I I teach HSPs as well is like expanding our tolerance for discomfort because a lot of HSPs will be overgiving, say yes when we mean mean no, feel like if anyone is ever potentially upset, even if it's not at, at us, we feel responsible for fixing it. And again, we want to fix it and make it go away because it feels uncomfortable. And that discomfort is intolerable. It's like, oh my gosh, danger, danger. And so when you have these regulation techniques to show yourself, okay, I can be safe, even when things are not perfect around me, you just have this more, this inner resilience within you. Like, okay, I can share my boundary or I can, you know, potentially have someone be upset with me and it's not the end of the world. I'm going to be okay. I'm still a good person. Um, but of course, you know, too, there's like the added layers of why we think we have to be perfect. The inner child work. What did you learn about what it meant to be a good person, a, a good girl, right? Like mm. there's all of these like added layers that can make it more difficult for us, which is why we will fixate often on, you know, these social interactions because it's like, it feels very threatening to us. And so we, mm. the goal is to create safety for our, ourselves in those situations. Yeah. Do you find that HSP people tend to push people away because of their like constant need for validation? Yeah. Yeah. It can happen for sure. I mean, 
It's interesting. I was just talking about this with one of my clients sharing my own story. So like when I met my husband, I, I knew he was the one and I was like, oh my gosh, he's great. And I was so terrified of screwing it up because I was so insecure when we met and I had such a talk a past, like toxic relationships that made me very distrusting, very on edge and anxious. And so I was needing constant reassurance, constant validation. And I, I want to say it was like two, maybe three years into our relationship. There was a day where he's like, Alyssa, you need to work on your self-confidence. He's like, I cannot be reassuring you every five minutes. Like you've got to work on this yourself. And I remember like, it was such a tough love moment that I Mm -hmm. needed because we do have to take that ownership. Like that's ours to own. Our emotions, our experience is on us and we cannot like, yeah, we can't outsource that to other people. Right. It's like we can have co-regulation. We can, of course, like express our needs and and things like that. Like that's important, but we cannot expect other people to be responsible for making us feel okay. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that comes up where relationships can be severed if we don't take it upon ourselves to to make those shifts. Yeah, that's that's super hard. The taking ownership of your own valued feelings. And my husband and I were actually in marriage counseling right now. And that's one thing we're constantly working on. I need validation, like verbal validation, and he's not a very verbal person. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's this constant battle between like, okay, I know I'm good. I know I did good. I don't need, you know, I know I'm this and that. I don't need him to tell me all the time. But sometimes I'm like, can you just like tell me? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Can you just tell me I'm pretty? (laughs) So um, I love that you mentioned the confidence piece within yourself and your husband telling you that you needed to get more confident. And Mm -hmm. that's what this is all about, building confidence. And what are some things that you practice daily yourself and also teach your clients to practice daily to build up their self-confidence. So a huge thing that I teach my clients is first like cultivating uh, more self-trust, like having trust within themselves, because something I see a lot of times is highly sensitive people are again, outsourcing their power to other people. So like literally asking everyone for an opinion when they need to make a decision, second guessing themselves constantly. And we might think like, oh, that's not a big deal. Like, oh, that's just my personality. But it really, if you think about it, you're sending the signal to yourself that you cannot trust yourself when you're needing to ask everyone else for opinions and you can't make a decision or do anything on your own. And so I love helping people just like take small steps to building that self-trust. So like that can look like keeping promises to yourself. So if you say you're going to do something, actually do it. And in order to start doing that, just make them small, simple promises that you can make to yourself where it's like, I'm going to make my bed every day for two weeks, or I'm going to drink, you know, however many liters of water every day, and then actually do it like achievable goals, because then you show yourself okay, I can rely on myself. I, you know, I am a trustworthy person and it really is starting to build a stronger foundation within yourself. Um, Another example I I give all the time is like, if you're at the nail salon and you're getting a pedicure and they put water in and it's too hot, like actually telling them like, Hey, could you please add more cold water? It's too hot. Because like in the past, I was that person who would just be scalded because I didn't want to bother them and share what I needed. So like having these little times where you can speak up for yourself and cultivate self-trust 
huge. It makes such a difference. And I always have people like messaging me, celebrating like, oh my gosh, I actually, you know, shared that I got the wrong meal at the restaurant. It's these little moments that feel mm-hmm. really good. Um, so that's a major one. Of course, like doing the the work to kind of look at your past and understand your unique patterns. Like, why do you feel like you have to be a caretaker to everyone? Why do you feel like you have to be perfect all of the time in order to be good enough? Like recognizing those patterns within yourself, the self-abandoning um, kind of like wound that can come up. Um, also just like connecting with other people who are like you. A lot of HSPs feel very alone, feel very misunderstood. That's why I shared there's like a lot of shame for many HSPs because we feel like we're the only person in the world who's having this experience. We're the only person who feels sensitive to these things. And so we can feel like, oh, there's something inherently wrong with me. But when we start to connect with and see that there are other people who have a similar experience as us, it can be very healing for us to see like, oh, it's okay that I am the way that I am. Like, okay, maybe it's actually would be possible for me to accept the way that I'm wired because I'm not the only person on the entire planet who feels deeply like this. Um, Another thing. Oh, go ahead. I wanted to say that that's one thing I feel like that I love. I feel so safe and welcomed on your page. And I've been following you for a long time and your posts on my, on my personal page or on like my business page, I follow you, not even on my podcast page. I found you and your posts really speak to me and it makes me feel like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like other people actually feel this too. Mm -hmm. And just to see like other people liking and saving and it just, I feel like you've created this community for women I'm saying women because I'm a woman. I don't know. I'm sure yeah. you have men there too, but mm-hmm. to feel safe and like feel normal, quote unquote. Yes. So yes. Just wanted to I'm give so, a little shout out for that. No, I so appreciate that because when I think like, I think back to myself as like a teenager kid, but really my teenage years, just remember feeling so different, like journaling and being like, how do, you know, no one seems to feel as deeply as me. I was just so emotional. And so it's just like, I'm giving myself what I needed back then. Like that Mm -hmm. 14 year old me, it's like, you know, how would the world change if there was more women, more people who accepted their sensitivity and then like shared that message with their children. That's just something that like makes me so excited to think about because there's so much trauma and damage done to a lot of older HSPs who had parents who didn't understand it and, you know, made them feel like it was a bad thing. And the other message I really like to share in my work is just helping HSPs really see the beautiful traits of their, of their sensitivity, because, you know, we'll hear like, oh, sensitivity is a superpower. And people a lot of times are like, but how, like, how is it actually a superpower? But I think about like the empathetic piece, like really recognizing like the fact that we can feel so empathetic towards others where we can like understand their experience and genuinely want to help and make it better. Like that's like a beautiful thing. And that's seriously lacking in our world. So if you're a person where that comes naturally to you, that is, that is such a gift. The other thing that I think is really cool is like highly sensitive people tend to be really intuitive. Um, We're often just like picking up on subtleties and a lot of us end up having some sort of like spiritual practice because it's something that can feel very supportive to us, like calming, like, oh, I'm not alone on this path. We, we have this tendency to want to like make sense of things and we can make, uh, see connections that other people can't see. So, you know, we often are the type of person who can create meaning out of any situation, like a bad (laughs) thing's happening bad thing happens. You're like, well, it probably happened because of this. And it, it, it can be very uplifting. And the other thing I think is cool is 
when you start to embrace your sensitivity and feel more confident, you can see that being sensitive allows you to form deeper and more meaningful relationships with people and understand how to connect. That's something that has supported me in my work. Like, I feel like I can create content that really speaks to people because I can literally just feel their experience and I can connect and I understand the things that they need to hear. So it's a, an asset in business and friendships, relationships, when you know how to use it the right way and have, you know, boundaries around your empathy and boundaries around your giving, like, you know, you have to have that like balance, but there's a ton of gifts that can come with it. So just even being open to that idea can be really, really exciting too. I love it. Alyssa, I love all of those tips. Mm. I I wish I would have met you sooner in my life. <laughs> I, think, I think you have so much value to bring and you have such an amazing, and I love that you're HSP too. You get it. Like you get oh, when yeah. someone comes to you, like you get, I've been there, done that. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and would you say that you're a work in progress all the time? Would you say that you slip back into old habits? Oh yeah. I mean, when I became a mom, 19 months ago, I was like, holy crap, like my whole life changed. And I had all of this other stuff come up. I thought, oh, I have it all together. Not anymore. So yeah, it's always, there's always new things coming up, new triggers, new things to heal. Yeah. We didn't even touch on the mom stuff. I feel like being a mom, you, you like lose a lot of confidence because not only are you trying to be confident yourself now, but you're also trying to build a confident human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's forcing me to look at the areas where I need to improve because I'm like, oh, I do not want her to pick that up from me. So yeah, it's a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a thing. I know. I think I think my five year old is HSP for sure. Do you ever? Yeah. Do you ever wonder, like, is my kid going to be this way? And I try not to see it as a negative thing, but for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, it because it, it will make it more challenging at times. Like, let's be, you know, it does, but there's yeah. such beautiful gifts that come with it. So yeah, I wonder that all the time. As of now, I don't think my daughter is, but we'll see. She might be, but so yeah. far, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. My husband is not, so <laughs> she's got yeah. a yeah, 50-50 chance. 50-50. <laughs> all right, Alyssa, would you mind sharing with everyone listening here where we can find you on socials and get in touch with you? Yeah. So I'm active on Instagram at life by Alyssa. I have all the things there, podcast, website, everything is linked there and tons and tons of free resources for you. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much. I had such a good time chatting. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe. Actually, even more importantly, please leave a review because that's how my podcast Mama Knows gets pushed out and gets into the ears of so many deserving mamas and women. And of course, please come back next week because next week we're going to be talking about flamingos. You'll just have to wait and see what I mean about that.